0: Christian Heritage Ministry in cooperation with Fuller Seminary proudly presents the Old Fashioned Revival Hour, a broadcast of the Gospel with Dr. Charles Eiffel.
1: sunshine.
2: All right. Come on, stand up and everybody really sing out heavenly sunshine. Glad to see so many of you here today. If you sing through the first time, turn around and give everybody a good welcome and a God bless you. Try to sing as you're speaking also. Anyway, just go ahead and sing it out. All right. And Turn right around. And give everybody a good hand here. And now right this way. Really lift it up. Heavenly Father. Be seated, please.
1: Shadows of Dry Thursday. See? Mm-hmm.
3: Storms with his Peace be still This stranger I
2: grateful to our friends who have stood by so faithfully over the past year, stood by this radio ministry. It's been most encouraging to know that so many of you have labored with us in sending the gospel message out over the air, and that you're standing shoulder to shoulder with us in the battle against the enemy of men's souls. Your letter encouraging us will be greatly appreciated, enabling us to carry on this worldwide ministry.
0: Our mailing address is Old Fashioned Revival Hour, 700 Locust Street, Pasadena, California, 91101. letters for you from Ireland. A man writes, more and more people are listening and your messages are doing a great work over here. Have heard of whole families being converted. May the Lord open up the heavens and pour down blessing on you and all his servants throughout the world. A lady writes from Illinois, the heart-to-heart talks keep me in touch and they do mean a lot to me. From Iowa, still hearing you and getting food for my soul, I was a sinner saved through hearing one of your messages in 1938, and shall always be thankful that I heard the old-fashioned revival hour that day. From England, dear Reverend Fuller, I should like you to know how we appreciate the hour over here. One evening I was listening when I felt that life for me was meaningless and empty, I was recovering from a serious operation. But I heard your choir singing, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. And oh, my heart was filled for the glory of such a promise. I had wandered away from God, but I came back, and such joy filled my heart. Such encouragement was derived from the lovely sermon that I now put everything aside for the broadcast Thursday evening. Every voice we hear echoes a blessing. We hope that one day you and your wife may come to England, where I am sure there are thousands who, like myself, have put God aside in the stress of living, and who would come to realize, if they could hear you, that trying to live without his help is only existing. From Colorado, I was saved ten years ago at the age of sixteen while listening to The Hour, and have received many blessings from your program through those years. And married to a wonderful Christian young man who found Christ as Savior in a German prison camp during World War II. We have two children and are bringing them up in a Christian home, and oh, how the old fashioned revival hour does help. From Alabama, a year ago this month, my husband was converted by the radio, so the program is something extra special to me. He is in the service now on a ship in San Diego and how he has grown spiritually. He has a Bible class on the ship. We put everything aside and listen together to your hour each Sunday, which makes us feel very near to each other, though we are thousands of miles apart. Dear Reverend Fuller, this is a very lonely Christmas for my husband and me, for our only son is missing in Korea. He is a fine Christian boy, And though there may be little hope of his coming to our earthly home again, yet we know we shall be reunited in our heavenly home. God does comfort. Truly, we could not carry on and stand this without his love and care. And then we had a personal letter this week which tells us that old friends now teaching in Afghanistan listen every week to this program, and it comes in just as clearly and is just as warmly welcomed there as it was in Los Angeles when they were here. that is all for today, friend.
1: friend.
2: we stand, please, and sing two verses, the number 125, bringing in the sheaves, everyone singing out heartily and singing in the Spirit. As we preach, we sow the incorruptible seed, the Word of God, and one plants and another watereth, but God gives the increase. And while we're here upon this pilgrim journey, He wants us to be faithful in sowing the Word, bringing in the sheaves for his glory. All right. especially at this time, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. I want you to remember the homes over the land where loved ones are either prisoners of war or they have departed from this life. Last Monday morning, one of our faithful attendants here called and said her son was killed in Korea and broken-hearted. I tell you, we need to pray for one another. These are Tragic days, days when men's hearts are failing with fear, days of confusion, and I tell you, we need the God of all comfort if we ever needed Him before. Let's pray now, really. Join with me here in the visible audience and out over the radio audience. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that Thy ear is ever open to the cry of the righteous, and we thank Thee that the Lord Jesus, our representative, who came and took upon himself the form of sinful flesh, tested in all points like as we are yet without sin, knows our infirmities and knows our weaknesses and knows our heartaches. And he, at thy right hand today, ever living to make intercession for us, we plead that thou will speak peace, the peace that passes all understanding to the hearts that are torn, to the hearts that are saddened, to the hearts that are going through deep trials today. God bless the homes today where there's a vacant chair through this awful war. Hasten the time when wars will cease and the Lord Jesus will come back and speak peace to nations. But in the meantime, may we be faithful in sending out the glorious good news, the gospel of salvation. And Father, we plead for our own country through drinking and various vices. Our nation is going down. Oh, God, save our beloved land and save other nations. We're fast going down the road, corruption in high places, and looseness of morals on every side. Oh, Father, may we realize that sin is a disgrace to any nation, but righteousness exalted the nation. And may souls be saved today through this broadcast, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: I found a friend who is all to me, his love is ever true.
0: Listening to the old-fashioned revival hour with Dr. Charles E. Fuller. The message for today is titled "His Great Love." I'll provide information after Dr. Fuller's message on how you can contact us for a copy of today's program or to request a catalog of the gospel music you hear on the broadcast. Open your Bibles to the Book of Ephesians, chapter two, verse four, as we rejoin the broadcast.
2: Just before the quartet uh, sings, may you turn your Bibles, please, to the second chapter of Ephesians, uh, verses 4 to 6, I think, we will be speaking upon today. And I'm going to ask the quartet to sing Heartaches for the men and women in prisons who are listening, and also for the ill and the shut-ins and all who are lonely today. May this song, Heartaches, bring real comfort.
1: When your heart is aching, turn to Jesus. He's the dearest friend that you can know. You will find him standing close beside you. Waiting peace and comfort to restore stored. Heartaches, take them all to Jesus. Go to Him today, do it now without delay. Heartaches, take them all to Jesus. stands whatever trouble and he waits to heal your wounded soul will you trust his love so strong and tender he alone can make you speak (laughs) to Del- <laughs>
2: Bibles open to the second chapter of Ephesians may we just meditate upon God's word next broadcast lord willing i'll be speaking upon Ephesians 2:10 that verse that changed my christian life from being one of a nominal christian into giving myself into full-time service and i'm praying that in the next broadcast as i speak upon his workmanship I'm praying earnestly that God will give us at least a thousand young men and women who will dedicate themselves into full-time service. Will you pray with me that all over the land soldiers may enlist in God's army to be God's people to carry the blessed gospel to a needy world? I know God needs Christian doctors and Christian dentists and Christian lawyers, but oh, what a needy world this is. I want you to invest your life and carry the gospel out to places where they've never heard the name of Christ. I just feel compelled, and I trust that when we speak upon this next Lord's Day, Lord willing, that at least a thousand young men and women will surrender themselves into full-time service. Will you pray with me for that? All right. Now, in the second chapter of Ephesians, the Lord speaking through the written word enlightens the eyes of our spiritual understanding. To see in verses 1 to 3 the hopeless condition of unregenerated men outside of Christ. Then in verses 4 to 10 to see the wonderful work of redemption through Christ. In verses 1 to 3 our former position in sin. Verses 4 to 10 our present position in grace. And the great change from darkness to light is found in these two words, but God. But God, who is rich in mercy, verse 4, for his great love, wherewith he loved us. Dead, that is, spiritually separated from God, because dead in trespasses and sins, but God. Walking according to the course of this present evil world system, but God. Walking according to the prince of the power of the air, that is, Satan, the God of this world system, but God. Moving about in the lusts of the flesh, but God. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, but God. By nature, children of wrath, alienated from God, afar off, citizens of Satan's kingdom of darkness, but God. And I want to say to you today, after many, many years of gospel preaching, unless God steps in, man would be hopelessly and eternally lost. But God, rich in mercy, rich in compassion, rich in pity, plenteous in mercy, and slow to anger, has provided the way back and made it possible for sinful fallen humanity to be made nigh, providing a hiding place, a refuge, a shelter in the time of storm. Now the cause of this great mercy, that is, his riches of mercy, is set forth in these words. And somehow in verse 4, they seem to arrest me, just three words. His great love. I don't know how to speak upon these words. Frankly, I never felt so helpless in all my life when I faced these words, His great love. I realize He loves to take the weak things and the foolish things to confound the wise. And whatever is given, I give it in the unction of the Holy Spirit, asking Him to bring conviction to needy hearts. His great love. And my earnest prayer is that the Holy Spirit may speak to all of us and may we understand in some measure the meaning of these three words, His great love. The word great is the same word abundant found in 1 Peter 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from among the dead. His love, his great love, his abundant love towards Israel of the Old Testament, Old Covenant, is seen upon every page of the Old Testament. How he brought that nation out of Egypt, performing wonders on their behalf, yet they remembered not the multitude of God's mercy, but provoked him at the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake, and he rebuked the Red Sea also, and it was dried up. So he led them through the deeps and saved them from the hand that hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. Forty years God led them through the wilderness, giving them the pillar of cloud by day, a shelter from the desert sun, a pillar of fire by night, to guide and to lighten their path. He supplied them with water from the smitten rock and manna from heaven. Many times he delivered them, but then, in the face of God's great abundant love, provoked him with their counsel. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction when he heard their cry and remembered them for his covenant. To me, that gives just a little insight into the great love, the long-suffering, the patience of God who is plenteous in mercy. And according to Deuteronomy 33, 3, He loved the people, and God's dealings with Israel and with their suffering speaks forth his great abundant love. And in Jeremiah we have these words, I have loved thee, says the prophet of old, with an everlasting love. I have loved thee with an everlasting love. And I want to say to you today at the close of 1951 that the preservation of Israel and their present returning to Palestine after centuries of aimless wanderings among the nations of earth with no rest for the sole of their feet. The buddy of the fig tree is one of the outstanding miracles of the day, setting forth God's great, abundant love. And truly this generation, that is, race or people, shall never pass away until all shall be fulfilled. And right before our eyes, Down through the centuries, God has preserved Israel, one of the outstanding miracles, evidences of his great abundant love. Can he keep you? Can you be kept by the power of God if he can keep Israel a nation? I'm sure that your answer will be, back to me, yes, God can keep me. Now in verses 5 and 6 of Ephesians 2, we the side of Calvary and the Lord's resurrection from the dead, see the outcome of this great abundant love. Now notice the first thing, and oh, I want you to see this. These few words, even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ. The first result of his great love is this. He has made you and me, who are members of the body of Christ, alive with Christ. Now listen, all men, irrespective of their standing, irrespective of their color or creed. All men by nature are spiritually dead, that is, separated from the life that is in Christ Jesus. And here in verse 5 of Ephesians 2, we find the first result of his great abundant love is deliverance from spiritual death. You may be the most educated man, you may be the flower of humanity, You may be moral and upright and a good dad and a good provider and a wonderful citizen, but I want to say to you, unless you're born again, you are eternally lost, dead in trespasses and sin unless you confess, repent, and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Some say we have to do this and some other things to be saved. I want you to seek God's way of salvation. And to you who are now spiritually dead, In trespasses and sin, your greatest need is to be made alive. For if you should die physically today, die physically and leave your earthly tabernacle in your sins, you could not go where Jesus is. And you need to be quickened, made alive, to experience spiritual resurrection or the new birth. You come back to me and you say, Brother Fuller, well, how can I be born again? How can I be made spiritually alive? and i want to give it to you just as simply as i know how and it's found in john 5:24 a very familiar passage of scripture will you listen to it carefully we're told in that verse how one now spiritually dead can be quickened and made alive in christ jesus here it is he that heareth my word not man's word or man's reasonings or man's conclusions about things spiritual But he that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, spiritual life, resurrection life, eternal life, and shall not come into judgment or condemnation, but is passed from death, spiritual separation, unto life or spiritual life, life eternal. Now the greatest need of a man out here in the Pacific Ocean is drowning. His greatest need is to be rescued as quickly as possible. If a man is blind, one of the greatest needs for him is to be able to see with his physical eye. If a man is, happens to be lame, his great desire is to be made perfectly whole. And for a drunken or a drunkard down in the sin and slime of the street, he needs to be made sober and kept sober and kept freed from that passion or that desire for drink. And the greatest need of those that are spiritually dead is to be made alive. I don't care what else. All other questions sink into nothing compared to this one great question. Are you spiritually alive? If not, you are spiritually dead, separated from God, and bound for a Christless eternity. And so I say to you in these holiday seasons, so many being snapped out in eternity, just seemed like over a minute. So many accidents. Don't delay, don't neglect, don't put off, but today be reconciled to God. Be made alive spiritually, for your eternal destiny is at stake. And God says, come now. And in verse 6, there's another result of God's great love, abundant love, and that is raised up with him and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now here, the resurrection of Christ is given forth there in the 20th verse of the first chapter of Ephesians, speaking of the mighty power which God wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in heavenly places. God's power, bringing Christ from among the dead, and that same power can be ours through His resurrection life. And Christ is now in the heavens at the right hand of the Father. He is there ever living to make intercession for us. And this same power which raised Christ from the dead is demonstrated in the lives of everyone who accepts Christ as His personal Savior. And Sunday after Sunday, here in the auditorium at Long Beach, we see miracles of Christ's resurrection power brought to pass. Alive! made alive in Christ. And the miracle of it is, as I'm speaking to the audience, I don't know where the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, listeth. I don't know where He's speaking to you right now. But at the close of the meeting, when hands are raised accepting Christ as a personal Savior, we find those who are willing to accept Christ and be made alive and experience that resurrection power. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection. Do you have a hot temper? Do you have bitterness in your heart? Are you constantly defeated, living a life, a supposedly Christian life on the low level? Do you, would you like to have power and victory over a sin and passion and, and bitterness and hard feelings and an unforgiven spirit? Well, I tell you how. The same power that raised Christ from the dead, if you will yield yourselves and present your bodies as a living sacrifice, can be worked out through you. His power, and He can make you more than conquerors through Him that loved you and gave Himself for you. And you can live worthily, live pleasing before God, and walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. It's here, this power. Someday... I don't know. Maybe sooner than we realize, us thinking of it coming over to the broadcast today, we shall be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. And the dead in Christ, and we which remain and are alive, will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and then be forever with the Lord. And experimentally, then we will know what it means to sit in heavenly places. For what purpose? Notice verse seven. I wish I could understand this verse. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ. Listen to me. He's showing you kindness every moment that you are physically alive. He daily loadeth good things before us. He sets a table before us. Our cups are running over. We're led into green pastures and by sides still waters. And every moment that he permits you and me to live, it's through the kindness of God, the exceeding kindness of God. But wait, I don't know what it means, but down through the eternal ages to come, without ending all eternity, God is going to unveil and show his kindnesses towards us in Christ. You haven't seen anything yet. Eye hath not seen nor ear heard neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. You think it's wonderful now? When you have your resurrection body, you're fashioned like unto his glorious body and like him, and down through the eternal ages to come. Such a thing as time, I don't know. Age upon age, God is going to express and show to us trophies of his grace, his exceeding kindness towards us, In Christ. I don't know how you feel about it. You know, if I were outside of Christ right now, I would drop to my knees and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and save me for Christ's sake. By grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Dare you trample the blood of Christ under your feet any longer? Why not give your heart to him today and know something of the joy and the peace and the comfort that we have in this world. And then to be able to look forward to the time when down through the ages with no separation, no sin, no sorrow, no sickness, no tears, no more curse, no more death, all through the eternal ages, God is going to unveil and unfold and will get better and better as the ages roll on. Hallelujah. What a Savior. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Will you come today? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Friends outside of Christ in the radio audience, God is speaking to you. He say, "Come now, all you labored, heavy laden. I'll give you rest." You're like the troubled sea, casting up mire and dirt. There is no peace to the wicked, saith the Lord, But God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Will you come today and just drop by faith at his feet and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and save me for Christ's sake. For him that cometh unto me, God says, I will in no wise cast out whosoever will. May come and to be able down through the eternal ages to know His kindness through Christ Jesus, the riches of His mercy and this great love wherewith He loved us. Oh, friend of mine, don't delay any longer. Tomorrow may be too late. And while our heads are bowed here in this splendid visible audience at Long Beach, how many will quickly put their hands up and say, Brother Fuller, pray for me. I need Christ as my personal Savior. I'd like to be remembered in a word of prayer. God bless you on the front row here. Is there another hand to go up and say, pray for me? I want to God bless you. I want to accept Christ. God bless you back there. I want to accept Christ as my personal Savior today and be remembered in a word of prayer. Anyone else in this main Lord, or floor of the auditorium, put your hand up and say, pray for me. Come now, this meeting is going into eternity. There's another one, God bless you, another hand, God bless you. Pray for us out in radio land, and all those of you who are making the decision, out in the radio audience, we'll pray for you. We'll have a short altar service here. Remain in prayer. This is Charles E. Fuller bidding you goodbye and God's richest blessing upon you.